0: Welcome to the CyberLife Podcast, where we help you learn cybersecurity best practices, give you a weekly update on the latest cybersecurity news, and share valuable career advice. Hey, everyone, it's Ken. In this episode, we're going to speak again with Hugh Shepard. Now, if you haven't checked out the first episode with Hugh where he talks about living abroad in your cybersecurity career, I'll leave a link below in the description. Go ahead and check that out first, and then this episode will make a lot more sense for you. So in this episode, Hugh's coming back on just to share some of the resources, some of the tips he has around living abroad and, and some of the places to uh, check out for like jobs and things like that so without further ado let's dive right into Hugh if you need to know more about him or if you want to watch the past episode again that information's in the description you can check that out uh, but again let's dive in and just learn from Hugh on some of the resources he's used as he's lived abroad so thanks again for coming back on the show Hugh so for those that missed the first episode I'll link that in the description where Hugh talks about living uh, he's a U.S. citizen, but he's talking about living abroad. And I think regardless of where you're actually coming from, whatever country is your home country, he'll have good information in that episode for you. And so in this episode, we want to kind of do a follow on and talk a little bit about some of the resources. Um, and this episode's geared mostly towards U.S. people that are looking to live abroad. But some of the sites and things that Hugh mentions are going to be relevant for a- anyone, essentially, in any country. Um, just some of the websites and things like that might change based on where you're actually from, So without further ado, um Hugh, I just want to just jump right in. like let's let's say I'm someone in the u s. right now and i'm I'm just sick of my job, you know, all these layoffs, all this stuff going on. Like, you know what? let me let me go live in Thailand with Hugh. Hugh seems happy. He's in Thailand. Let me go to Thailand. Like, how do I do any research? You know, of course, I can Google Thailand. But like are there any specific places you you recommend I look at first to learn more about? Whether it's Thailand or whatever country I'm going to, uh,
1: yeah, sure. Well, well, first off, well, thanks again for having me having me back on, Ken. But uh, to uh, answer that question, uh, for especially for U.S. citizens, I definitely recommend going to the uh, U.S. State Department website. Um, they're going to have wherever there's a U.S. uh embassy or or at least a uh U.S. diplomatic relationship with the country. Uh, on that website, you can uh, look up that country and get, you know, relevant info that uh, that is, you know, accurate and uh, pretty straightforward. Uh, so, you know, again, as far as a U.S. person, you know, U.S. State Department, but you can be from the U.K. or, or any other country, you're going to have something uh, like a government agency that's equivalent to that. And that's the best place to start, because at least, you know, you're going to get kind of some no-nonsense information that's relevant to you as a citizen of your current country. Uh, you know that may be applicable, as like, far as like any type of restrictions that the government has. Like, hey, we don't recommend you travel there, this or that. So definitely start there. Uh, then another uh, source would be, again, as a U.S. citizen, would uh, I would recommend is checking out the U.S. Embassy's website for whatever country that is you want to uh, relocate to. Uh, so, you know, like uh, the U.S. Embassy, uh, th- Thailand, uh, check out that website and you'll get even more relevant info for that nation, um, especially as it relates to a U.S. citizen there. And also you kind of get a feel of what's happened, you know, because like a lot of times they'll have some kind of uh, public affairs type stuff. You know, you'll see if like the if that embassy is uh, how engaged they are with the local community, and what type of initiatives and things are going on. And uh, definitely, and also you even want to, you know, once you decide to move to that country, you want to register with that local embassy so that they know, hey, there's a U.S. citizen here. So in case something, uh, you know, crazy happens, they they like, hey, you know, we, we have a citizen that we need to get out or, uh, you know, that needs to be accounted for. So, you know, definitely want to start with the government, you know, and the federal type uh, sources and agencies first and then another thing uh i would recommend would be cdc uh center for disease control uh, and that's pretty global that's universal i know they're headquartered in atlanta uh only reason i know that because you to watch the uh, walking dead uh, <laughs> all right let, let me not derail the conversation <laughs> but uh anyhow the cdc website is good because they'll tell you what uh, uh vaccines you need to uh, be aware of or have taken if you're going to relocate relocate to that country. So you make sure you know you're you're vaccinated. Uh, also, any type of health concerns you should be worried about, like if there's a high malaria uh, uh, occurrences in that country or any other type of you know uh, you know health issues you should be aware of. And then another one I would recommend. It's not uh, a government or, or federal type of website, but there's a, a company called the lonely planet and they put out great uh, resources for travel, for tourism. And they'll, they'll have guides on countries. They'll have guides on specific regions of that country. Uh, they'll it, 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 it's a wealth of information, you know, and I'm old school. So, you know, the, some of the books are, um, pretty thick but they're 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 meant for people that like stick in a backpack or st- stick in a suitcase and take along with them and of course you can get the the e the e copies of them as well so those are some of the the main sources i would recommend to get really uh accurate and relevant no nonsense information useful information when you're researching a country you want to go to
0: so for those that listened to the previous episode, Hugh and I talked about he uh, he actually uh, is originally from Ohio here in the United states and and Hugh's uh, very famous there for being the guy that got lost walking around on his own. And so Hugh, I want to ask you, so so other people don't get lost when they're like trying to look at to try to to try to find the like the actual official website of the country right. they're looking to go to. Is there kind of any, any process or any place they can look to to make sure that they're not like looking at some threat actor site. They're actually looking at the legitimate website of that company or excuse me, that country. Uh,
1: yeah. You could always do a, a who is lookup on that website or that IP address. Just kind of get, give you an idea like whether or not it's legit. So if you're looking at the, what you think is the visa site for, uh, you know, India, and then you do the who is who is look up, and you notice that uh, the uh, IP is registered for like a Latin American country. Then that's probably not for you know uh, or for a Latin American region, or it's uh, under the name of a Russian organization. You know that's probably not the legit <laughs> website for India. Uh, and also you just kind of look at the website. You know, kind you know it looks a little kind of sketchy here and there um uh, a dead uh, one of the giveaways would be you know uh, you know in the US it would be a dot gov or or something similar uh and i think it's kind of similar with some of the other countries but if, if it's like a dot com or or uh you know uh not a what would be um like a government type entity like uh, registration then you, you know you want to be kind of concerned about that and if they're especially if you're asking for money, like oh yeah, pay uh, you know fifty dollars up front just to get your visa process going, then it's probably not legit. And then another process you could do is go to you know a U.S. embassy or State Department website, and usually they'll have the connecting link to uh, a legitimate visa, but you know uh, website for that country, whichever one you're considering moving to. So do that process instead of just doing the Google lookup and looking at the first, uh, clicking on the first uh, 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 response that comes up that says India visa or Thai visa, you know, to make sure you're not going to some site that's going to scam you.
0: So it sounds like I can't do my visa scam now because you just warned everyone. So um, I'll have to figure out another way to to make billions of dollars. So. <laughs> You know, along the lines of of money, right? Like we've talked about it. Even in the past episode, we talked about like living in another country, things like that. But the vast majority of people out there don't come from money. They're they're not Oprah. They don't have billions of dollars. They don't. They haven't won the lottery or anything like that. So, like, are are there any websites? You know, here in the U.S., there's job boards. You know, LinkedIn, of course. You can go to like Indeed or Monster.com or any of these number of of popular websites. And based on the country. There are certain websites that you know are popular in that country for finding jobs. But are, are there any places that you recommend, Hugh, that people take a look at if they're they're thinking about okay, good, I want to move to you know whatever country and just kind of you know experience a different culture and things? Are there any websites that you recommend people look at to try to find some of those jobs?
1: Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, and especially if you know not only move overseas but focus more on development type work which is you know a broad term but it, it, it encompasses just about any industry but a really good resource would be devx.com uh they have uh, it's basically like a job board or an indeed type job board for the development type uh roles so be it you know you know uh working in sustainable energy or working in helping build someone you know uh build IT infrastructure, say in 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 Cambodia or somewhere, you know, you know, in the developing world, then that's a good resource to check out. And another one similar to that would be DevNetJobs. I think it's dot com, uh, maybe dot org. Uh, might, might do a who is look up on that to make sure, but uh, DevNet Jobs is a good source uh, website to check out. Same thing, um, focus more on development jobs, so like in nations that are developing. However, I mean, that's a, again, that's a broad term, you know, and basically from what I've seen, from my experience uh, looking at these these sites, pretty much, you know, anywhere around the world, you know, uh, you'll see uh, jobs available, maybe not so much in Europe, like say in Western Europe. Or, or say you're uh, like Japan, or Australia, but definitely Southeast Asia, South Asia, uh, the uh, South America region, African region. So you know some interesting places, some uh, you know interesting uh, opportunities. And uh, another source um, that uh, probably a lot of people you know may not even consider would be the IEEE E website. And I'm not going to attempt to uh, say the acronym. I know it's the, <laughs> it's the International Engineering Group, uh, and I'm a member. And it's sad I don't remember what the, all three E's <laughs> stand for. But they have a very broad uh, community across the globe, and they, you know, you can be part of uh, the I Triple E in Africa. You can be the I Triple, be part of the I Triple E in, say, uh, Japan, um, you know, n- n- numerous places. But within these different groups uh, are, are sectors of the IEEE. You uh, know, you can, you know, they, they they have job boards, they have opportunities to volunteer, they have opportunities to get engaged, you know, with that, that uh, community there. And especially for us folks who work in IT and tech type roles, it's the perfect, uh, you know, perfect kind of go-to source. And uh, another one I I found pretty useful or at least informative, you know, especially for those who may want to live more of a uh, you know digital nomad type of uh, lifestyle, have a little flexibility. Uh, virtual Vocations is good. Uh VirtualVocations.com. And uh, another one, I forgot the list, uh, what was it? Uh, flex jobs. Flexjobs.com. Uh so they're they're pretty similar. But they have a lot of opportunities as far as like you know hey, you can do this job from anywhere in the world or you can do this job from anywhere in europe or or uh, you know wherever you know so that's a flex you know that gives you some flexibility as well. It's like, well, you know uh, I live in Thailand, but the work I'm doing is in Croatia, you know, but I'm an American you know it's like you know you're just all over the place, but you're still able to uh you know maintain your career. And then, of course, there's a couple other ones that are pretty useful when it comes to like kind of like gig type roles, uh, Upwork, uh, Fiverr. And there's numerous others, you know, uh, uh, I think it's called Top Top Total or Topple. Um, yeah, I can't remember, but th- there's several others, but definitely Upwork and Fiverr, I find, are pretty good.
0: I think IEEE e and, and I could be wrong. So, listeners, feel free to correct or I mean, you can just Google it yourself, but I think it stands for the Institute of Electrical and Electronics Engineers, if I recall correctly. Uh, but again, if you're listening to this, just yeah. Google it and you can you can figure out what that is. Um, and I think their website sure. is the IEEE.org, if I recall yeah. correctly. So, here in the US, Hugh, there, I mean, as far as like where opportunities lie, like industries, healthcare is obviously huge here uh, the tech, you know, tech companies, startup scene, things like that. But in other countries, like from your experience, are there kind of focus areas or industries where you're seeing like more opportunities, whether that's like an actual quote unquote corporate job or whether that's more freelance work, like are there, are there certain verticals that you're, that you see more opportunity in and just, you know, you could speak from the Thailand perspective if you want to. But like, are there just for people that are maybe saying, "Well, I've got experience in healthcare." Like, is there is that big, where there's a lot of opportunities, or is it more kind of general stuff? Is it hospitality? Like, where where is kind of the 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 major job, you know, area, if you will, uh, overseas?
1: Uh, yeah, sure. Well, one that I've noticed uh, from my time here in uh, Thailand. Uh, in in Southeast Asia and in, in even South South Asia, like the India and Nepal area, uh, ho- the hospitality sector, especially now that COVID, uh, you know, COVID restrictions have been pretty much uh, put on the back burner and people are getting out and traveling more. I'm seeing a lot of opportunity in the hospitality sector for people uh, to get involved and in, in the you know uh, work abroad like say in hotels, uh, a lot of the resorts, and even cruise ships. You know, that that's one that a friend of mine from years ago uh, worked works in IT and she would go on these boats on these cruise ships and pretty much travel, um, I won't say the world, but at least in her region, like I think South America and had opportunity to, you know, uh, basically work and, you know, get a little vacation uh, all together. But the hospitality sector, again, you know, especially with the hotels and resorts, uh, from what I've seen here in Thailand, a lot of opportunity because, you know, um, everyone's going to need IT. um, Everyone needs, um, you know, especially at these resorts, everyone's their Wi-Fi. So, you know, they're always going to need someone to, you know, make sure, you know, that's maintained properly. And then there's also, you know, larger uh, uh, facilities, be it data centers, be it regional or, or be it local within the country, um, you know, where they need people who are uh, specialists or you know, IT people, cybersecurity people to make sure these uh, facilities are functioning property, properly. Properly, um, you know. And then just to give an example, uh, recently, uh, my wa- my wife and I were at a resort here uh, in Thailand, and so we walked. Uh, we were like by the poolside and see a young lady, and she said to a ka, which is hello in um, uh, Thailand, in Thai, but she said it with a uh, Spanish accent. <laughs> and, and I looked at her, and like she doesn't look Thai. And after, you know, uh, after a day or so, and maybe a beer or so, I was uh, bold enough that, like, hey, where are you from? And she's like, uh, oh, I'm from Colombia. I'm here on a... Uh, Um, I I can't uh, like sabbatical or, you know, kind of exchange program uh, working in the hotel industry, this resort industry. She said, yeah, I'm here. I'm in here for like six months. And then I was like, oh, you know, so we had a kind of a, you know, nice conversation. And she mentioned how, you know, they have a lot of opportunity to work in these different places uh, across the globe, long as uh, the company she works for has a presence there. So something to, something to consider if, uh, that's the kind of lifestyle, type of career you want to live, you know? Uh, why not? Especially, you know, if you're if you're young and single, um, yeah, check it out. Something worth exploring. Um, and then, uh, Ken, I know you mentioned healthcare. Uh, of course, there's doctors needed everywhere, you know. So there's always an opportunity to get involved as far as healthcare. Uh, I I I don't work in the healthcare profession, so but I will say I'm pretty sure there's some uh, probably laws or, or policies far as, you know, just showing up saying, Hey, I'm a doctor somewhere and, you know, give me a job. I'm pretty sure you have to have some sort of make sure your credentials are in order and maybe follow a different process far as uh working there. But still, you know, within the healthcare uh industry, that gives you the opportunity to go, you know, I would say pretty much about anywhere. And then, you know, you well, can always not,
0: oh, not, to, not to not to interrupt you, sorry, are, are you try, trying to tell me that it's not like those holiday and express commercials from back in the day. Like I can't just stay overnight at the holiday and express and become a surgeon. Is that, is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not going to happen, Ken, you know, um,
0: <laughs> man, bummer. there goes, you just crushed my dream Hugh. You just crushed I'm my sorry,
1: dream. Sorry, man. It's just, you know, no, it's not going to happen, bro. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, you know, obviously, you know, and you mentioned the, the young woman uh, from Columbia, uh, you know, Swatika, you know. Um, And so for those that want to learn some of the local language, are there any like, I mean, there's a ton of apps out there, right? There's all sorts oh, of yeah. programs. I mean, of course, Rosetta Stone, people love it or hate it, whatever. But there's a lot of them out there. I think what Duolingo, there, many many of them. Um, and by the way, we're not endorsing anything here on the show unless they pay us. But um are, are there any apps that like you found helpful or like any programs you found helpful or anything that you found helpful as as you and your wife kind of prepared to move to Thailand?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, Google Translate. Google Translator has has saved my life <laughs> since I've been here in Thailand because uh, yeah, it's been challenging. But the the beauty with Google Translator, the app on my phone, is you know, I can uh, type in what I'm trying to say, which may take a while. <laughs> you know, I'm not the quickest typer. But uh, you can also just say what you're trying to say, you know, in English and it just it'll translate it into Thai or whatever language you needed to translate into. And they can either be, you know, the, the person that you're trying to communicate with can either read it off the screen or you can hit the button and uh, it'll play the audio uh, translation of it. And so that that one has been amazing. And and like Ken said, there's there's plenty of others, plenty um, others that are similar. Uh, I used one before in Nepal, and it wasn't that great. And I can't remember what the name of it was. And even if, if I could, I, I wouldn't name it. But Google Translate has been uh, a blessing, <laughs> and uh, I highly recommend that one. Um, and then, if you want to go old school, um, you can just get a book. You know, the, you know, again Lonely Planet, that I mentioned earlier, they have a lot of language books. But the only thing with that is, you know, you're thumbing through the book. You're trying to find what you're trying to say and, uh, you know, it may not go that well. And then, you know, if you're like me, you read it and then you got to pronounce it in that language, you know, that doesn't always work out well. But trusty Google Translate, you can't go wrong because it's going to take all that, uh, you know, unpredictability of your trans, you know, pronunciation out of the mix and do it for you. So highly recommend Google translate or, you know, Hey, if you're, if you're good at uh, learning languages, uh, learn the language, you know, take a class, uh, do an online class, uh, go for it.
0: So are there any other things that people need to be mindful of? Like, I mean, as far as like cell phones, are there things they need to do with their cell phone? Uh, What about, um, I'm sure most places like we're, we're U S. So most places will accept a dollar, but like what, you know, as far as like currency, as far as like cell phones, like what what else do people need to keep in mind as they're planning to move?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. There's several things I've noticed that have been kind of um, had to be aware of and had to really, you know, uh, incorporate into my cell phone uh, usage. One being a VPN. Uh, using a VPN, you know, there's, there's you know, multiple VPN uh, services out there. Express VPN or VPN again. Not uh, recommending any of them over, uh, you know, uh, any of the any of them, you know, uh, specifically. But just saying that there's there's numerous VPNs that can be used. So you know what what happens. You know, things I some of the challenges I've experienced was accessing some websites from the U.S. and I'm I'm from uh, you know trying to access it access it from a uh, IP outside of the North American region. And it gets blocked, so you know you use a VPN. Um, you know, uh, mask. I about to say mass, but uh, to use a VPN to log into a US location, and then it's like, oh, yeah, it's fine. And then you can see the website, <laughs> and uh, then uh, another uh, useful tip, uh, especially if you're going to be, you know, going to multiple countries, or, or or you want to maintain your US SIM in a phone for convenience. Having a dual SIM phone has been a blessing. Because, um, again, quite often, sometimes, you know, you're accessing, uh, say, speaking for myself, accessing my bank online. It's like, hey, who is this, you know, from Thailand trying to access this U.S. bank online? Uh, we, we need to confirm your identity. We're going to send you uh, uh, OTP uh, to your phone. And so previously, before I had my dual SIM phone, I had to switch the SIM out and, you know, is just still forever? But now, you know, dual SIM phone to switch back and forth, or just get to get get a second phone. You know, get an inexpensive uh, local phone or something. But it, it's good to have that ability to have a dual SIM or to maintain some sort of U.S. Uh, uh, SIM or phone access. You know, especially if you're going to be here uh, overseas for a while. And the beauty now, you can do voice over Wi-Fi and, um, you know, make calls over Wi-Fi, and it's like no extra uh, fees or anything for making international calls. Uh, And then another thing, uh, app that has been quite useful on my phone is a currency converter. Uh, The one I use is called XE. uh, That's X-Ray Echo, Phonetic alphabet, uh, currency converter. And I think they have a website as well. But it's it's great because you can put in multiple currencies, you know, you can see like how much of this currency uh, is equivalent, you know, to $1. Uh, so you can avoid the mistake I made of tipping someone $30 by, <laughs> for like a $5 delivery. <laughs> Don't want to do that. You know, so uh, you definitely want to make sure you're, you know, the value of your dollar compared to the local currency. So you're not, um, you know, overpaying something or being, you know, hustled by someone. So um, what's another good one? Oh, and and then WhatsApp, Viber, Vonage, you know, any of the um, online, like texting, uh, Wi-Fi services for voice have been amazing because, you know, you want to stay connected with your friends and family. So any of those I recommend. Uh, I know I'm missing numerous others, but those are some of the main ones out there. And 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 also you'll find when you go to some of the countries, some are more popular in other countries than others. Uh, I know in Nepal, Viber was very popular. Here uh, in Thailand, they have a home, I believe it's a homegrown one called Line, similar to uh, WhatsApp, you know, similar similar to all of those, but that's the go-to one here that people like to use. Uh, that again, that's Lime, but it's uh, Lima, India, November Echo and uh at first i was like uh, what is this but it, it's actually pretty cool i think yeah uh, you know it, it's free so if you folks just are interested download it check it out play around with it um i kind of so, rambled a lot here <laughs> yeah, it's, all,
0: it's all good Hugh. so I, I think a key takeaway if you're a waiter or waitress out there and you're gonna uh, interact with Hugh in thailand just hack <laughs> that z currency converter app and make it where it'll mess it up and he'll give you a $30 tip for a $5 order. I think that'll, uh, that'll do well. Um, so, I mean, thanks again. Thanks again for coming on the show, Hugh. Uh, so if people, if people visit Thailand, uh, are you okay with them buying you lunch?
1: Yeah. Uh oh yeah please <laughs> I, was saying,
0: I, I was like is, is he really turning down free food what <laughs>
1: so, I, I, I was like well you know, is there a trick you're like yeah yeah
0: please <laughs> <laughs> yeah you never know with me man um but anyways i mean thanks thanks for coming on i know uh, so for those that don't know obviously i'm in the u.s he was in thailand there's a time difference it's i think he said 11 o'clock or so yes. at night when we're filming this it's in the morning here in the u.s so i appreciate you coming on and um if anyone needs help Feel free to connect with Hugh on LinkedIn. Many of the resources that he mentioned, I'm gonna find the websites and I'll of course make sure they're legit, and then I'll put them uh, in the description for all of you listening so you can just click on it and and go from there. So thanks again for coming on, Hugh.
1: Oh yeah, no problem. Oh, and and uh, one more quick thing: World Clock Meeting Planner, perfect because like the time difference, you need to be able to know, uh, you know, the difference of time with the people if you're talking to people in the U.S. or somewhere else. So make sure you get like a uh, time converter.
0: Thanks for listening to the show. If you're looking to secure your business better or build up your cybersecurity career, then check us out over at cyberlife.tv. That's C-Y-B-E-R-L-I-F-E dot T-V.